0: This is the Refinery Church Podcast. Each message is from our weekend service right here at our campus located in downtown Brea, California. We hope this message encourages you and strengthens your faith. Lighting is is incredible. Lighting is this part of the year, and we are in a series this, this December called The Light Is Here. Everybody say, The Light Is Here. Light is an amazing, amazing thing if you consider it. There's some facts about lighting that I'm going to talk about here in a few minutes, because without light, life here on earth would not exist. We need light. And it's no surprise that at the beginning of time, when God is creating the heavens and earth, the first thing he speaks is light. Into existence. I want you to take a look at this scripture here from right at the very beginning of the Bible, Genesis chapter one. Let me read it to you right here on the screen. It says, In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. The earth was without form, it was void and darkness. Everybody say darkness. Darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, Let's all say it together, let there be light let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light, and it was good. The first thing that God ever declared as good was light. Light. And God divided the light from the darkness, and God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. Light. Is important. Anybody have a light bright when you were a kid? You remember light brights? It was my favorite toy. I remember when I got it for Christmas, I was so excited. And I think that's really what fueled my my obsession or my enamoration of light because I put on this black sheet of paper, if you guys remember it, it was kind of like this faux TV looking thing. I put this black sheet of paper on there, take these little plastic things and punch it through the hole and bing, it would light up. I mean, it was pre-digital. It was like, I mean, before there were iPads and ice cream, Ice creams, ice cream, whatever. Before there was any of that, there was the light bright, and I loved it. God said, let there be light, and it was good. Let me tell you a little bit about light for some of you nerdy academics that like to think about it. Physical light that we see, the stuff that's being illuminated in here, is really made up of photons, it's a composition of particles that are called photons. And these photons are little tiny energy packets. And the energy that's inside of them is that electromagnetic energy, electromagnetic radiation. And those photons come into our, light, into our eyeballs, and they stimulate our optic nerve. I know I'm getting a little heady for you, but let me just explain a little bit. It comes in waves. And the different types of waves, the different types of frequencies are what help you determine colors. Different colors have different wave frequencies. And these waves move super fast. You can see on the screen right there, the light waves move. You've heard of the speed of light. Light travels at 186,000 miles per second. Boom, 186,000 miles. Boom, another 186,000 miles. It's kind of to put that into to context to help you understand that the the earth is about 93 million miles away from the sun okay so the earth and the sun 93 million miles the earth goes the the sun goes boom it emits light it only takes eight minutes for that light to get to earth okay so that's how fast light those light waves are traveling light is amazing and God spoke and said let there be light Without getting too nerdy, let me just tell you a couple more things about it. The light colors that you see are actually a result of reflection. Those photons are reflecting off of matter or molecules. You see up here, we've got these beautiful red uh, uh, ornaments that are hanging on our trees and our wreaths. See, what you're actually seeing is the, the red photons are being reflected off of the molecules in that paint. All the other colors are being absorbed except for red. And then those photons enter into your eyeball. It stimulates your optic nerve. And then your brain goes, oh, that's a red stimulation. Isn't that interesting? Science has shown that not only is light amazing and incredible, but it's also necessary for life. Plants and animals. Y'all remember like in second or third grade, you learned about that big word that was hard to remember? Photosynthesis, right? Y'all remember that? Yeah, that's that's the way plants take the light energy and turn it into food so that then you can eat the food that it produces. So in an indirect way, that photosynthesis is good for you. See, life can't even happen without light. Plants and animals, our climate, our environment needs light. Light is amazing. We humans especially need it. I put a a couple of notes on there. Uh, Sunlight. When you step out into the sunlight, your body immediately starts producing positive endorphins. Maybe you felt it on a cloudy, cloudy day, and the sun starts to come out, and you start to get warm, and you just, something on the inside starts to smile. That's why the people from the Pacific Northwest, (laughs) the Pacific Northwest love to go down to Palm Springs They love it because it's sun-baked down there. Um, Also, your body produces vitamin D, which is a natural vitamin that your body produces to help you feel good. It's the feel-good vitamin. Isn't that amazing? That's why, sadly, most of the people up in the Northwest, many of them struggle with depression. Matter of fact, uh, it was Blue Cross that did a survey and a report between the years 2013 and 2016. They, they did a report across the United States, and they found that the Pacific Northwest has the highest rate of clinical depression in the United States. Six percent of those reported having clinical depression. I don't know about you, but I don't want to move to the Northwest if that's the result right there. But conversely with that, Hawaii has the lowest rate of depression in the United States. 1.8% of those reported having clinical depression, lowest in the United States, simply because of light. That's how they, they because doctors say one of the best ways to feel good is get outside and get into the light, the light. First thing that God spoke into existence was light and said, let there be light. These are some brief scientific facts that I thought I'd share with you tonight. There's way more about science and light than we have time for. We could get into solar energy, this clean way of taking energy from the sun and turning it into usable energy. Not going to get into that tonight. But here's what I want us to know. Take a look at the screen real quickly. Simply this, light equals life. Everybody say that. Light equals life. And in this season right now, in this, this season where It's darker, more hours than there is light. We need to realize that light is important. Light is very important. Well, Kelly, what are you talking about? We're here at church. What does that have to do with church? Oh, let me tell you. See, understanding how important light is and how light is life, it helps me to understand a little bit more about what Jesus meant when he referred to himself as light. When I was doing this survey, when I, I'm not surveying, when I was doing my studying, preparing for the previous message series that we did, Jesus Is, hopefully you remember that. If you, if you don't remember it, go back and listen to the podcast. I was talking about what Jesus is, who Jesus is, who he declared himself to be, his character qualities. One of the things that he said was, I am the light. I want to take a look at a story really quickly. I want to demonstrate how important light is. And we're going to see it in a probably a familiar story found in the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verses 1 through 12. It's about a woman who was literally caught in the middle of doing the deed. Let me read it to you. John, chapter 8, beginning with verse 1. Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives. The words are on the screen. It says, but early the next morning, he was back again at the temple. A crowd soon gathered. And he sat down and he taught them. As he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. For those of you who don't know what that word adultery is, it means having sex with somebody who is not your spouse. That's what it means, simply defined. They put her in front of the crowd. They said, teacher. They said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say, Jesus? Verse 6, they were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and he began to write in the dust with his finger. Pause there for a second. Theologians have thought they've theorized what it was that Jesus had, was writing there. We don't know what he was writing. But he was writing something. And I can't wait to get to heaven someday and say, Jesus, what were you writing? What were you writing? Were you writing the names of the men that she had slept with? Were you writing the sins of the men that were accusing her? What were you writing, Jesus? Can't wait to find out someday. Verse 7. They kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again and said, all right, all right. But let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and he wrote in the dust some more. What was he writing there? You could hear the sound of stones begin to drop. Drop, drop. And these accusers begin to leave. Leave. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? She looks around, no, Lord. And Jesus said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. And he turns to the people that are left. And Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness. You will have the light that leads to life. God, thank you for your word tonight. May it illuminate our hearts Give us revelation and transform us in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I am the light of the world. Jesus makes this declaration of himself after this exchange, this interchange of ideas and thoughts. And this is actually in line with much of what Scripture described God as. When we look all the way through the Bible, there's numerous places where God is referenced as the source of all light. Here's just a few of them. We'll put them on the screen for you to reference. I told you about Genesis chapter 1 where it said that in the beginning God said, let there be light. He was the initiator of the physical light that we see. Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 35, it says, It is the Lord who provides the sun to light the day, the moon and the stars to light the night. Psalm 36, 9, the psalmist says, For you are the fountain of life, the light by which I see. The psalmist understood without light, we bumble around in darkness, but with light, we know how to walk, how to see. And he acknowledges that God is the light. Psalmist goes on in Psalm 104, 2, you are dressed in a robe of light. The prophet Isaiah, verse 6, chapter 60, verse 20 says, For the Lord will be your everlasting light. Everybody say, light, light. These were the words that were used to describe God. And then at the very last book of the Bible, Revelation chapter 21, verse 24 as it talks about what our future will be like for those who make Jesus Christ their Lord, they step into an eternity where they dwell in the city of God. Here's what it says in Revelation 21, 24. says, The city had no need of the sun or the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God illuminated it. And what is the last few words there? The Lamb is its light. The Lamb. Who is the Lamb? Jesus Christ is the light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world. It's no surprise that in this season when the days are shorter and the nights are longer, we celebrate light. All of humanity looks to light and goes, ah, it's beautiful. And we celebrate the fact that Jesus is the light in a dark world. Because the benefits and the qualities that we experience from light with physical light are the same things that we experience when we say yes to Jesus and we follow Him and we make Him the Lord of our life. We experience those same dynamics that we experience with physical light. Let me give you, let me give you some examples here. Let me show you how the physical light that we experience here on earth is very similar it parallels our experience with Jesus as the light of the world. The first is this. Light reveals truth. Everybody say, light reveals truth. Isn't that true? Light reveals truth. When, when you're looking at a picture, I, I, especially in a room like this, if I have a picture in front of me... Um, I might be struggling to see the details of the picture. And if I'm struggling to see the details of the picture, what do I tip? What do most people do? I'm going to turn on my light and I'm going to, okay, now I can see it better. I can see the details are revealed because of the light. You turn on the light or you make the light brighter, right? So that you can see the details, so you can see the truth. Light helps. Well, we see in this passage of Scripture, Jesus brings light to the situation. In the story of the woman caught in adultery in John chapter 8, the religious leaders were twisting the truth to try to trap Jesus, try to get him to stumble over his own words. Because they knew. They said, this woman's been caught into adultery. What do you say to do? They knew that if Jesus says that she shouldn't be stoned, she should not be stoned, then he would be coming against the very laws that God had given to Moses. Laws that Jesus Christ, as God in the flesh, would be contradicting himself. And so it would be a contradiction of who he is. Later on, Jesus would say, I came to fulfill the law to complete the law. The law was not complete without Jesus. So they knew that if he had said stone them then well he must not be who he says he is. Then if Jesus says go ahead and stone her, go ahead and throw the rocks, well that would be inconsistent with who the Messiah was to be. The Messiah was to come to the earth to save and proclaim the year of release to set those people free that were in bondage to bring salvation, which means saving grace. So he couldn't be the Messiah if he says stone her. So they thought they had trapped him. But Jesus, the light of the world, Jesus brings light to the situation. And he untwists it. And he reveals the truth of the situation. And he says, oh, then whoever has no sin, cast the first stone, shining the light on everyone in the crowd. We live in a time and a day and an age where information is bombarding us at a feverish pace through our mobile devices and media and wherever you get your information, even if it's just friends and family, we're constantly bombarded with information and and we, we can get confused. We need to know what's true. We need to know, where do I go? Decisions I need to make need to be right. Listen, Jesus Christ, the light of the world, wants you to know where to go. He wants you to have the wisdom that you need to make the decisions and make the right decisions. He wants to show you and reveal the truth. He doesn't want you bumbling around in darkness, confused. Have you ever walked into a dark room and suddenly your knee meets a table? That is not how Jesus wants you to live your life, bumbling around here on earth, going from situation to situation, getting more and more hurt and confused. That's why he said in verse 12, let me read verse 12 to you one more time. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness. Listen, Following Jesus means you're following the light. And you'll know the truth. And Jesus says the truth will make you free. Verse 12, if you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Light equals life, and Jesus is the light. You see that? Light equals life. And Jesus is the light. That's tweetable right there. I think you guys should jump on Twitter right now. Go ahead and do that. In this season. Franny, you got that? I think we can use that one. There we go. Light equals life, and Jesus is the light. Secondly, here's another thing about here's another thing about um, light. Light exposes the dirt. Isn't that right? Light exposes the dirt. I, 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 love, I like washing windows. I know it's kind of a weird thing, but I, I do like, I like, clean, I like to have clean windows. I like when I look out a window, I like it to be clean. Pastor Alvaro would tell you, I go around the building going, those windows are dirty. We need to get them clean. It was one of the first things I said when I came here. Isn't that right, Alvaro? Let's get the windows clean. But you only know clean windows when the sunlight shines through. Isn't that Right because I've washed my car, I've cleaned the windows inside and out, went, oh, man, that looks so good, until I pull into the light. Man, that looks terrible. Who did those windows? Blame it on Rachel or something, you know. The light reveals, exposes the dirt. Remember, as a kid, um, my mom would uh, give me chores And growing up, she would have me sweep the kitchen. That was one of the things I had to do, sweep the kitchen, you know, all the crumbs and everything, sweep up the kitchen. Now, I'm a a kid of like 9, 10 years old. What do kids at 9, 10 years old, do you think they want to sweep a kitchen? Do any of you want to sweep? No, you don't want to sweep. You want to go outside and play. You want to be enjoying life, you know, jumping off of rocks, jumping off of buildings into pools, you know, doing crazy things like that, not sweeping a kitchen. Well, so I can remember, I'm sweeping the kitchen, and I would sweep it all up. I'd put it in the dustpan, pan. I'd throw it in the trash. But before I could go out and play, my mom would come in and inspect the kitchen. And what would she do? She'd turn on all the lights, click, 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 which would then reveal all the dirt that I had missed. And she'd say, okay, go get the broom. Now get it over there. Get it over. Oh, you missed over there in that corner. Look. I'm like, it. I wonder, if, how can I turn off those lights, unplug those lights so she can't see that? The light exposed my flawed sweeping so that I could get it right, so that I could clean it up, so then I could go and play, right? Notice back in the story of the adulterous woman. Jesus reveals the truth and the motivation of those religious leaders. And then he turns to the woman, the only person who was justified to cast the first stone. The one who was sinless, Jesus Christ. Instead of picking up a rock and tossing it at her head, he turns to her and he says, where are your accusers? They're not around, she says. He says, then I neither do I condemn you. Later on, Jesus would say these words. He says, I've come to this earth. I've come to this world not to condemn the world, but that through me the world might be saved. Jesus came to save. But, listen, the truth exposes the dirt, and and Jesus didn't just let it go. He acknowledges and shines the light on her flawed lifestyle. He says in verses 10 and 11, Jesus stood up again, said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? Verse 11, no, Lord, he said. And Jesus said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. You see, he shined the light on it. He said, let's get it cleaned up. I want you to go. I want you to be the person I created you to be. But let's clean it up. Let's clean it up. Go and sin no more. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 27 says, The Lord's light penetrates the human spirit, exposing every hidden motive. God's light exposes the dirt. Mark chapter 4, verse 22 says, For everything that is hidden will eventually be brought into the open, and every secret will be brought into the light. The light reveals what's been going on. And I know oftentimes that causes people to go, oh no, I don't want to come into the light of God. I don't want him to, I don't want him to show and point out the flaws and the failures and the mistakes. But listen, the good news is God wants you to be free. Jesus didn't come to condemn, but wants you to be set free. He came to save and seek those who are lost. It says, there's good news. We don't have to allow that sin to build up inside of us. God wants to cleanse us. The good news is found in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, that says this, that if we'll confess our sins, that God is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us. Somebody say cleanse. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Like my mom. She turns on the light so that we can get it fully clean. And then I can go out and play. See, that's what God wants from us. He wants us to be who he created us to be. He wants us to do what we've been created to do. And Jesus shines the light in our life and reveals and exposes the dirt so that we can clean it up. So that we can clean it up. God wants to clean up the dirt, set you free, so that you can play. And be who he created you to be. Thirdly and lastly, the light as we celebrate this season. The light guides the way. Everybody say the light guides the way. The light guides the way. The other night here in Brea, uh, I can't remember what night it was. It was Thursday night, Friday night, the lights went out. Was it Thursday night? I think it was. Tuesday, Wednesday, Monday. I don't know. Last year, sometime. The other night, we were here, and all the lights went poosh, off, gone. Every light in the area. It wasn't just, I mean, it was our whole building. The street lights went out. The, the, just, yeah, the street lights, the stoplights, everything went out. The whole parking, I've never seen that parking structure dark before. It was eerie. It looked like some zombie movie. All of a sudden, boom, ah, don't go over there. All the lights were gone. It was dark the only lights we had were the the headlights from cars that were coming up to the street corner going oh where do we go when do we go it was crazy that and then flashlights right all of a sudden everybody pulls out their phones now everybody has a flashlight Dink. I was so thankful for those flashlights because if not man I'd be getting lost I would be tripping and stumbling I walked into this room and man it was pitch black in here By the way, Alvaro, we have to change our security lights in here. They're supposed to have batteries. Just by the way, heads up. (laughs) They weren't working the other night because I immediately hit this row over here and started to go, whoa, hold on here. I was starting to stumble around. And again, I realized that evening, the lights were out for at least 20 minutes or so. I realized how dependent we are on light to guide us and to show us the way in the dark. Light is important. It guides the way. Listen to these passages from the book of Psalm. I listed them up there. I'm going to read them to you from Psalm 43, Psalm 119, and Psalm 18. Psalm chapter 43, verse 3 says, Send out your light, God, and your truth to guide me. The psalmist says, send out your light and your truth to guide me. I need it. Psalm one nineteen one oh five 105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path, guiding me. Psalm 18, verse 28 says, You light a lamp for me, O Lord. My God lights up my darkness. Listen, the words of Jesus are a guide for you and I through life. That's one of the reasons why we say get into your Bible and read it and know it so that you can know where to go. Isn't that right? They point the way to walk through life. They direct us and help us to avoid tripping and stumbling throughout life's issues. Here's the thing, when we say yes to Jesus and we follow Him and we begin to take His words and apply Him into our life, He's going to direct us around some of those things that are causing other people to stumble. It's a promise from His Word because it's a guide to us. Remember, Psalm 18, 28, you light a lamp for me, O Lord. My God lights up my darkness. See, that's why it's so important at the beginning of the year, we say, hey, let's start reading through the Bible together. As a matter of fact, this January, the first Saturday in January, we're going to be bringing out a new journal. We're going to be releasing a new refinery journal so that you can journal throughout the year and a reading plan to help you read so we can all read through the Bible together. Because guess what? I can't answer all your problems and all your questions, even in a church simply our size, but God can. And He can lead you, and He's given us His Word to direct us and guide us and be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. That's why we spend so much time in His Word. This season, this season of the year, when the days are shorter and the nights are longer and the darkness seems to be more present, we need the light. December 21st will be the shortest day of the year. I was reading the almanac or whatever that kind of tells what time the sun sets and sunrise. On December 21st, the sun will rise at 7 a.m. It'll crest, dink. It'll set at 4.45 p.m. My wife hates that. She's like, oh, it's so dark. Shortest day of the year, less than 10 hours of daylight. How desperate we need the light. How desperate it is that we need the light. But there is a light that shines in the darkness, and it's beyond any physical light. It's a light that shines into our hearts, and it shines into the hearts of all of man. And it wants to reveal the truth. It wants to expose the dirt so that it can get cleaned out. And it wants to guide the way. And that light is Jesus Christ. He is the light of the world. Each Christmas, that's one of the reasons why I love this season. Each Christmas, we put lights on trees. We put lights on buildings. And every Christmas light is declaring that Jesus is the light of the world. He's the one that directs us and gives us purpose and direction. He's revealing truth. He's exposing sin, and he's guiding our way. Jesus is the light. And that's what we celebrate this season. So every time you see a Christmas light this year, let it be a reminder to you that Jesus is the light of your life. He wants to reveal truth in your confused world. He wants to expose the dirt so that you can get cleaned up, not to condemn, but to set you free. And he wants to guide and show you the way to life. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but he'll walk in the way of life. Franny, you want to hop up here with me? If you're wrestling with a decision, you're struggling with finding the truth, I want you to pray tonight and allow Jesus to untangle the confusion. The Bible says that there's an author of confusion. He's the enemy of our soul, Satan, the devil. He's the head of confusion, but Jesus is the truth. and He brings light into your situation and wants you to know the truth. So if you're, if you're struggling with that, a decision, You need to discover the truth right now. I want you to pray with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, reveal the truth in this situation. Whatever the situation is. Maybe it's a health matter. Maybe it's a career decision. You need to know the truth. Jesus Christ wants to shine the light and bring truth to that situation right now. Maybe you're struggling with sin. Maybe you're struggling with this sin that continues to hold on and you continue to hold on to it. Jesus Christ wants to set you free. He doesn't want to condemn you. He wants to set you free. So do what it says. Confess that sin and be set free. Be cleansed from all unrighteousness and go and sin no more. Do that right now. Say, God, in the name of Jesus, this thing that I've been dealing with, this thing that I've been holding on to, this this action, this behavior, I confess that it is sin and I need to be set free. Do that right now. I declare freedom in this room right now in Jesus' name. Right now, Jesus, shine the light of hope into the hearts and minds of these men and women right now in Jesus' name. Thirdly and lastly, if you're lost and you're needing direction, <laughs> God wants to give you direction. The Bible says in James, the book of James, chapter 1, verses 3 through 5, say, if we lack wisdom, we should ask God, and he will give it to you liberally and freely. Freely. So if you need direction right now, say, Jesus, I need direction. I need direction. In the name of Jesus Christ, I need direction. Lord, I thank you right now that you're going to be giving thoughts and ideas. Jesus, that you're going to be giving truth. You're setting people free, and you're helping to put them on the right path in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus Christ. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed and nobody looking around in here, I just want to give a a space, a private space right now. Tonight, if you want to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, and you want that light to be guiding you and directing you, just simply slip up your hand and say, yes, tonight I'm making Jesus my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for salvation, Jesus, that you offer to us, that you came to this earth. To seek and save those who are lost, you're the light in the darkness. In your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. 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 For more information about Refinery Church, like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram at We Are Refinery. If these messages have blessed you, please consider supporting the ministry by visiting our website at WeAreRefinery.com/give.